Welcome to the second episode of the City of Champions podcast. Lots to go over with you guys today, including the series against the Rockies. Man, what a weird series, right? Lots happened. Uh, three home runs. One didn't count. One was inside and one was outside the park. We'll go over all that. Then we'll, you know, dive into Lakerland. Drama with Gasol. Much needed win against the Kings. And then we lost the Easter Day Championship to the Clippers. And I'm sure they're hanging a banner right now. But for now, we'll start off with the Dodgers. They had a pretty good series up in Colorado, taking three or four from the Rockies. Good starting pitching, couple bad innings, nothing to be concerned about in my opinion. Big bats from Lux, the Fresh Prince, and Corey. And a five-out save from Kenley Jansen. What do you know about that? What are your initial thoughts, Gene? Uh, game two, uh, Trevor Bauer, just excited for his debut. And let's just talk about the fact that it's awesome that he's donating $1,000 per strikeout to the Dodgers Foundation uh, to help out the youth in the city of L.A. So that's just awesome in general, just all the way around. But uh, an overall great start. Um, cruising, man. He is cruising, right? He had that no-no uh, going. Um, and then he gets to the seventh inning and runs into some struggles. And I just think at that point, it was just tired arm, right? You're not really built up to pitch those like intense Go get those intense pitches uh, for, for, for that amount of time. Um, but, you know, he does end up with 10 strikeouts, uh, gives up those two home runs that lead to four earned runs on his part. But besides that, he looked great. Um, probably should have pulled him. We probably could have pulled him out after the 16, but he had the no-no going. So we're going to, you know, run him out there for the seven. Um, but besides that, man, I just love Trevor Bauer's intensity on the hill, man. Like, uh, he's definitely the guy you you want on your team, but you never want to play against. Because um, I'm <laughs> after he struck out Tapia and he stared him down, I was thinking in my head, like, that would not fly. Like, that, I'm not going to be happy about that. Um, but just the intensity, man, he does the McGregor strut. He's staring dudes down. He's pumping his chest. He's screaming. He's hype. And I just can't wait till he gets, till, till, till he gets to pitch against the Padres. I'm just hyped for that. But great stuff from Trevor Bauer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, um, you see his tweet about, you know, fight every four or five games, just like hockey. Uh, that's that's the kind of intensity the, uh, the guy brings. You know, he wants to, he wants to, he doesn't want to fight, but he goes out there and he wants to win. He wants to, you know, steal the other team's soul and just want, you know, wants to crush him. And that's, you know, exactly the kind of guy you want on your team and the kind of guy you don't want to play against. So I love, you know, everything I saw from him. Um, very happy with it. You know, the home runs. They're up big. Um, not a big deal. Uh, it happens. It's, you know, it, it's course Field. Um, not going to, yep. you know, do much about it. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Um, I'm sure he's probably not happy, you know, going from, uh, you know, no hitter to, you know, giving up four runs. But, you know, that's what baseball is like sometimes. Uh, things, yeah. uh, things happen and go ahead. And he can, he can have those mistakes happen with the Dodgers, right? He's not playing, you know, he's not pitching for the Cincinnati Reds anymore. Our offense can provide him that run support. So, you know, six innings, four and runs, he can, you know, go to the bench and feel good because we put up so many runs so early. The offense was just clicking very early on. And so that definitely would help him to pitch just more relaxed. Definitely, definitely. And uh, so, I mean, very happy overall with the what I saw out of him, another guy, you know, we talked about it in uh, last episode was uh, Austin Barnes not, you know, playing well. And who comes up and goes three for four? Will Smith, you know, two RBIs, two runs, big hits. And, you know, that's that's the kind of, uh, you know, game he's going to bring uh, when he does get the opportunity to play. So that's why I'm hoping uh, Dave Roberts sort of, uh, you know, gives him a bigger opportunity, a bigger role within the team. I think we need to get, again, we need to get over the whole, um, he's my catcher. He's not my catcher, uh, you know, sort of deal. I'm sure, you know, pitchers like, you know, Kershaw would understand, um, especially when you're doing it for the, uh, 
the betterment of the team. I'm not saying Barnes shouldn't get to play uh, at all, but, you know, give Will Smith yeah. that uh, expanded role. Yeah, and I've been going back and forth with people on Twitter about Austin Barnes and Will Smith. And a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of Dodger fans, are feeling the same way that we want Will Smith in the lineup more often than Austin Barnes. Not a 50-50 split, not a 60-40 split, but, you know, more like 75-25. I feel like that would be fair because his bat in the lineup just changes the lineup completely, right? Because he's hitting... He's hitting sixth. He's hitting up. Uh, he's been hitting behind Max Muncy, you know, Bellinger fourth, Muncy fifth. He's been hitting sixth. And then um, you got like Lux hitting seventh or eighth. And, you know, he had a great series. Gavin Lux, man, that, that kid played amazing. Um, and that just, he's, you know, he pushes Gavin Lux down the lineup. Gavin Lux is hitting amazing. So the lineup is just so much deeper and just makes it that much more challenging for the pitchers. We work pitch counts, get the starters out, you know, um, and put people on, knock runs in. So, it's just, we will see, but, you know, Dave Roberts already kind of commenting that in the upcoming series, Austin Barnes, again, will catch Kershaw Bueller. So just a little storyline to be watching early on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, if there's one guy I'm not, you know, too happy with, um, you know, coming into, you know, the opening series, it's AJ Pollock. Uh, you know, the guy is supposed to be, you know, pre replacement. Um and he comes in and he he just doesn't play well. He he strikes out seven times and you know the bats that he's uh, given, he doesn't walk once and he doesn't really contribute to the overall offensive production of the team. So, you know, we we want more out of him. We 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 gave him a big contract. We had to like guys like you know Jog go. We had to like you know guys like Puig go. And I know Puig is a guy that you know splits the fan base, but. At the end of the day, he's not striking out seven times in what, like 14 at bats or, or so. That was a, we got a 2019 uh, play AJ Pollock with that series against the Nationals where that dude was striking out, seemed like every time at, at the plate. And so that's what it felt like this series. But, you know, it's still early. Um, AJ Pollock played great for us last year. So I'm not going to, you know, get too down on him. Um, but I am going to get on the bullpen, bro. <laughs> Can we get on the bullpen, man, this series? Um, just, you know, um, just rough, just rough overall, man. Um, David, I struggled, um, you know, coming in, giving up, you know, two home runs, first two uh, hitters he faces, um, settled down a little bit after that. But you have David Price giving up home runs, Jimmy Nelson struggling with his control, uh, Blake trying to give up a two-run home run the other game. Even Victor Gonzalez kind of struggled when he came. You know, he had one good outing then struggled in the next outing. Um, seemed like the only two pitchers that uh, did well out of our bullpen were uh, Corey Knable, who picked up the save uh, – earlier today and then your boy kenley jansen man he was you were talking on kenley dog day came out and said hold my beer and five out save um hitting what he hit like 94 on the gun so looking good man how, how do you feel about that you know what uh oh man i feel like kenley jansen nowadays is a, he's a wild card you know and uh and I've always said, you know, it, we we just over pitched him uh but it, you know it's good it's good that he's uh coming out this year um I always felt like a lot of his struggles were due to confidence. Um, so it's good to see him, you know, back out there. It's good to see him uh, hitting 94 miles per hour. It's uh, it's a big difference from, you know, 87 miles per hour, which uh, he was in not hit on Sundays. So I'm definitely uh, glad to see him uh, out there. And, you know, if he can come in, step into that role and really own it, like he used to own it, then, you know, why not? Let's go for it. Um, I think a big part of his success is going to be the way we uh, balance his, his innings, you know, was a five, 
um, out inning necessary, you know, maybe yeah. not, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see that he can still come out and not give up any hits, you know, and, good things from him. Yeah. But as we, as we talked about, you know, in, in the first episode, the bullpen, just the pitching depth that we have, you can throw Jansen out there and then just rest him the next day. Like he was unavailable today. He should not be available. Um, and just, you know, have, give him a day off, let that arm rest up because as we talked about him on back-to-back days, he's just not the best. And so, um, but I was happy to see him get out of that jam. I know uh, a lot of us uh, Dodger fans were probably sweating and, and having a little mini heart attack, you know, having him go out there and get out the jam and then come back in for the uh, the ninth that five out save. But he pulled through, man. So that, that was awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I think two, the two, you know, standout performances, uh, in my opinion, and the standout performance um, was, uh, well, first Corey Seager, but Gavin Lux, this guy really impressed. Um, again, he's basically, you know, a rookie. Uh, you know, he's obviously played in the past, but for him to come in and get, get, get those uh, triples, for him to come in at 375, um, only strike out four times, you know, in the entire series, that, that that's not bad. You know, you kind of uh, don't expect that out of, uh, you know, such a young kid, but he came in, he owned it, got the three RBIs, got, you know, he had one stolen base, um, you know, OPS of uh, over a thousand. Uh, so, you know, you can't really ask much more of them. Then you've got, you know, Corey Seager, yeah. who uh, might have not hit, you know, for power, but still came in and did what he does, hit the ball and get on base. Eight that's hits. All, that's all he does is hit. That's all he does is get hits, man. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like trying to get him out is insane right now. Um, and it's just so impressive. He's just so locked in. Um and then and Gavin Lux, as you mentioned, he had that stolen base. And I, I, I tweeted out that um, we forget that Gavin Lux was a number one prospect in baseball. The bat is elite. The speed is elite. And, and people don't talk about that enough, man. People are sleeping on the kid. And I get it. He had a weird 2020. And that just brushed aside everything he did before that. But you're already seeing it, man, um, in, in the first series. And, and granted, it's cores, But the kid had two triples. Um, had some great plays at second base, man. I didn't know the glove, um, the glove was that legit. Uh, did see some, you know, concerns with his arm in the field. That's kind of something that's always been lingering around. But yeah, as you mentioned, man, for sure, the two standout um, position players for me as well were Corey Seager and, and Gavin Lux. And I'm sure you want to talk about the pitchers, man. Um, I'm sure you're hyped on Julio Urias, our boy. Uh, how are you feeling about that today? This kid, I mean... You know, people yeah. talk every single name, but they never mention Julio as the potential Cy Young. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's the thing is that there is a lot of talk about him. There's a great deal of talk, you know, if you're just, you know, just reading articles and whatnot. Many people have picked him out to be that breakout pitcher, that breakout player, for the Dodgers, that breakout, your breakout player in baseball. Here after seeing what he did in the playoffs, um, you know, you know, in the past World Series run. But the reason I don't think he's in. Cy Young conversation just yet is he doesn't really have the workload. You know, he hasn't pitched. I don't know what his innings, you know, the highest amount of innings he's pitched, but he definitely never 200 innings. You know, he's not the workhorse like the Grom or like a Trevor Bauer or like a Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. You know, he's not going to, he, he tends to struggle with that. So, um, you know, pitching deep into game. So I thought today was very encouraging to see him get into that seventh inning um, actually, he got into the eighth. Actually, he made it all the way into the eighth inning, right? And so, 
um, that was that was great to see. Yeah, he got through seven innings, and he gave up the hit in the eighth, and then Roberts pulled him. But he goes seven innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, six Ks. He he he's a he is a power pitcher in my opinion. He should be getting more credit than uh, than he does, and I, I truly don't understand it. And I, I mean, I know they they talk about him, and I know he's been with the Dodger organization for a while, um, but give him more credit. You know, it's not because he hasn't, uh, you know, been a good pitcher in the past. He just hasn't been given the opportunities. He plays for a team that is stacked. Yeah. Um, and you might have some competition, man. He might have some competition. The Dodgers have uh, plenty of a uh, sign potential arms. Um, you know, Walker Bueller started the third game um, on uh was that Saturday night? Uh, and he pitched great as well. Um, one of the concerns coming into that start for Walker Bueller coming out of spring training was his velocity. Um, I think he was sitting uh, 92, 93 during spring training, but then he comes during his first uh, you know regular season start and is hitting 96 easily. And he was nasty, man. Six innings, four hits, two earned runs, no walks, four Ks, gave up one home run, fastball, just painting with it, nat slider. Um, just a great start from Walker Buehler. And he is someone I am watching, man. Um, along with Julio Udias, I definitely want to see how he handles himself this year. But Walker Buehler, man, uh, he's he's definitely who I want to have the ball in a game seven, right? But during the regular season, he just doesn't seem to be consistent or, or pitch at that same high level that he does in October. Um, and so, yeah, man, I just want to see, can he just uh, – can he just bring that intensity that he he normally carries in October? And can he have, because if he can pitch during the regular season, the way he pitches in October, bro, he'll win the Cy Young for sure. It'll, it, you know, he'll be in the top three for Cy Young. And a lot of people have predicted that from him for a couple of years now. I just want to see if this is the year. And so he's off to a good start. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's weird with him, you know, because uh, he is that dominant and if, you know, you're to come up with some, uh, you know, scenario of who you pick between, X and Y, and uh, you know you got to to pick a guy, especially in the playoffs. You know you probably pick Bueller because he's that good. So you know maybe cleaning up those uh, those bad games and just um, I don't know. I you know if you look at guy, at a guy like Kershaw, he's a guy that even if he's having a bad game, he knows how to how to have like good bad games. He knows how to like uh, um, do damage control. Um, you know before things really get out of hand. And I, I mean obviously it hasn't always happened, but for the most part, he can really muscle through even the toughest innings. So that's really what I'm looking for out of a Bueller um, as he, uh, you know, comes into his own. Can he, you know, have bad games and still put in a good outing? And that's, you know, something that we uh, will have to wait and uh, we'll have to wait and see, um, you know, on the other, on the other hand, we've got a, you know, sort of um some freak uh, incidents, you know, from the, uh, the McKinstry home run, <laughs> To the the cat, the cat that uh, the now famous Bro. cat that's been uh, you know going viral on on Twitter. Yo, yo, that cat. Um, let's just start with so it's it's game one. We have the the Bellinger home run single, and then uh, and then game two, um, game two we have this this wild cat. Uh, and this cat, that cat, bro, I told you that cat looked rough to me. That cat looked like it just came out of quarantine. Look, mad scruffy. <laughs> the cat looked mad scruffy and was completely out of shape, bro. That cat, you know, great sprint speed. And then, you know, just couldn't go anywhere after that, man. Cat was struggling. So that was a, 
that was uh, interesting. It was, and it was like the cat, and then they couldn't get the water fountain to turn off in the back. It was, man, Coral's Field, man. It was a curse, man. And, you know, the cat came uh, at a good time because that's when uh, the Rockies were just hitting home runs left and right. And uh, as soon as he comes out, we get that uh, that uh, that double play. So maybe Bro, it's a good time cat. for the, yeah, the rally cat, man. Good luck, cat, dude. Good luck, cat. Bring that cat back to uh, to Dodger Stadium, dude. Let's go. Uh, but then uh, you get the uh, McKinstry home run. And, man, this was this was weird just because, you know, having the Bellinger home run, not home run, and then having the McKinstry uh, not home run, home run. Um, how many times has that, uh, that that happened? And, uh, you know, he did yeah. what he had to do. He hustled. He didn't <laughs> exactly. for a second, you know, try to go for yeah. a home run straight. He just, he yeah. went straight through. And I think by the time uh, the the ball was uh, rolling away from, I guess. Tapia. Yeah, from Tapia, from the fence. Um he was already, uh, you know, rounding third. So I think he would yeah. have, uh, he would have had a triple regardless, but you know, it's good to see him uh, put in that hustle and it's, you know, yeah. bad luck for Tapia because <laughs> bro, Tapia burn man. that glove, burn that glove, throw it in the dumpster. Just get rid of that glove. That glove is bad luck, man. But, but, you know, honestly, great. If you would have made both plays, bro, highlight, you know, ESPN sports center, top 10, great plays, but the, because he, you know, he messed up on the Bellinger one. He kind of, you know, reacted in a negative way when he thought he missed the McKinstry. Well, he did miss it, but he did, you know, he puts his head down and doesn't realize the ball is literally like three feet from him right there. And he just is like moping about it. And McKinstry is just rounding the bases, dude, super hype for the inside the park home run. And so, yeah, just a, a super, super weird series, man. Um, and then, you know, today, you know, the final game, uh, you know, earlier today, because we're recording this on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, y'all, to everyone. Um, and so today is just like a weird game. Also, we had like all these walks. We had like nine walks, but we only had four hits and four runs. Just uh, another weird, just a weird game. But I just like, what do you expect, man, of a four game series in, in Coors Field to open your season? But at least we, we pull out uh, three wins, man. We take the series three wins and then we get to um, now we get Oakland. Now we get Oakland and uh, that should be a, you know, a good series. Always. Um, it's always a good series when you're playing the, uh, the money ball teams, just cause they know how to, you know, play you, even if they, uh, they, they lose or, you know, or they're having a bad season. Um, they always, you know, play you well and they always know how to pitch you and, you know, they're always a pain in the butt. So I look, uh, I look forward to the series and I, for me, it's just weird. You know, we're playing the A's in the second series of the year. Like, it used to be where you, you played the American league by the all-star break and, you know, now we're playing them like the second series. So, you know, it's good and it's bad. I, I, it's good in the sense that, uh, you know, we're really testing ourselves early on against teams that we would normally see. Yep. It's bad in the sense that, come on, give us the universal DH. Like, why are we still hitting pitchers? Like if you're going to go and get, you know, make these schedules where we're, you know, playing the American league, then, just make the universal DH. Like, why? Why are we still? Why is Kershaw still hitting, even though he's probably like you know one of the more legit uh, pitching hitters? Uh, not you know, not to mention what Otani did today with that you know bomb, yeah. wow. 115 mile per hour exit velocity, and just like ate that thing up. But you know, that's a special, a special case. But you know, you know, look forward to the series. Uh, I expect the Dodgers again to to you know take all games because why not um yeah and it's, it's a it'll be a good test man uh because we have oakland and then we have the nationals right after 
And so it'll be, I like it because last year you only played your division, right? So we only played NL West teams all of last year. And so you could say our record might have been a bit inflated or whatnot. So it's good that we get, you know, into interleague play right away. And then we get a tough team in, in the Nationals right after that. Uh, and so it'll be good. It'll be a good year. Just good to, you know, get get us going and get that competition. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, you know, all good things from the uh, the Dodgers. Um, we're happy with uh, what we saw. We could have easily uh, won four. You know, things happen. We, you know, took three. Uh, we're tagged with the other Padres for first place. Um, we've got them in a couple of weeks. So, you know, let's keep that momentum going. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, 640 uh, game start, and we'll see what happens. What's up, y'all? Just a quick message from City of Champions. We'll be releasing our Season 1 lookbook in the coming weeks, so be on the lookout for that. Give us a follow on Twitter, a like, ask us a question, leave us a comment. We're always there to chat it up during the games. Anything you want, we'll be there. Thanks for listening, and now on to the Lakers. All right, Laker fans. So time to transition to your Los Angeles Lakers and talk a little bit of how they've been doing uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, last time we talked, they had lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. It was Andre Drummond's debut. And during that uh, podcast, we discussed the Lakers' tough schedule for the next 12 games. And I had predicted them going about three or nine or, or, or four and eight you know, out of their next 12, just a, just a really tough schedule as Edgar had called out. And so uh, we started Friday night with, the Sacramento Kings, not one of our weaker opponents in that 12-game stretch. And we got a W. Uh, the Lakers came out, and they played great. Uh, and a lot of it just had to do with their other uh, three-point shooting. They just shot the ball great from the three-point line, 53%. Um, anytime you shoot 53% from the three-point line, you're going to be in a game. And so um, that combined just with their great defense, uh, their energy, their passing, um, just uh, just got them a very easy win. They, they won that game 115 to 94. And so, yeah, definitely needed that one. That, that was one of the games I had booked as a win. So I'm happy that they secured that game. Um, and just like I said, great shooting, great defense. Um, Edgar, what, what were your thoughts on that game? My thoughts on that game, I mean, I, I, I expected them to win. Um, you know, the Kings aren't uh, the best team out there. And uh, you, you got to win some. And uh, there's you know, a time to do it. It's, it's this one. I was happy with the, the three point shooting. I was, uh, you know, happy with Kuzma. Obviously I, I really think he's, uh, you know, coming into his own. He's, you know, gaining that confidence. Um, he just, he looks more assertive. He looks more aggressive. He looks a smarter and more confident player. Yeah, man. Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma had a great game. Um, and I had tweeted out just how excited I am about Kyle Kuzma and just how impressed I am about his career arc. So he comes to the Lakers uh, late draft pick. Rookie has a great rookie season, first team, all rookie team. Um, but those were the days when we were struggling. And then he struggled a bit when Bron and AD joined the team, had to learn how to play a different type of role. And this year he's really been excelling in that role, defending, rebounding, uh, taking better shots and making more of his shots because he has better shot quality. So excited for Kyle Kuzma, happy he played the way he did against the Kings and just excited for, um, just excited to see him play when LeBron and AD come back. 
and see him close some games out. I like his uh, defensive versatility, how he gets after it, how he crashes the boards, his ability to hit open shots, his uh, playmaking off the dribble. So I think he'll he'll be in those closing lineups come uh, playoff time. So a uh, great game by Kyle Kuzma. But um, the Kings game was a win, and but I don't feel like that was the biggest storyline after that game. Uh, it was a uh, it was Marcus All post-game interview man um he declined to speak to the media after the bucks game spoke with the media after the kings game and just uh a uh, laker twitter man just kind of going to town and just uh about some of his comments you know he mentioned how uh he basically just kind of summed up that he felt like an afterthought um he felt more like plan c slash d um and but he said you kind of just take it as it comes it is what it is and so a lot of people nervous about Marcus Gasol's comments and if maybe Vogel played it wrong, played the rotation minutes wrong with Drummond coming, coming in. And if, um, you know, is Marcus Gasol going to pursue a buyout, you know, because he's under contract for next year. And uh, I mean, I, I said it on the, on the first pod, man, and I, I constantly am posting it on Twitter. I am a Marcus Gasol fan. I like what he brings to the Lakers. I like his passing. I like his shooting. Uh, he's still a pretty good defender, even though he's not as athletic as he's used to. Uh, he's used to uh, used to be, but just um, his ability to use angles and just his understanding of defense. Um, so I, I feel like he brings a lot to the team. So I do. And, and Vogel saying all the right things now, but I do feel like. Vogel kind of messed up where it seemed like Drummond was going to just come in and take all of Gasol's minutes right away. And then Trez would get the backup minutes left over. And I thought that was kind of a wrong play, but moving forward, I do think that they will use their centers kind of like a, you know, a manager would use bullpen arms. I saw uh, where I heard on a, on a podcast, Kevin O'Connor on the ringer podcast, talk about that. And he was kind of saying how, you know, Drummond brings one thing, Harold brings another thing and Gasol brings something else. So everyone brings something different for the center position. So um, hopefully Vogel can find minutes for all of them, uh, you know, in playing the matchups, but I was a little bit, you know, concerned about Gasol's comments, man. We just don't need that, that energy um, as we're trying to really make a push. What are your thoughts on uh, the Gasol comments, man? Am I overreacting? Is Lakers Twitter overreacting? What do you think? I mean, no, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think people are overreacting. I think, uh, you know, you, you live in Los Angeles, you play in Los Angeles and, uh, that's what happens. You know, you, uh, you, you, you breathe and people are going to make a big deal out of it. So for him to come out and make those comments, I thought, uh, he should have uh, kept them to himself. You know, you've got a guy like Harold, right. Who, you know, who was playing really well and not getting fourth quarter minutes. And he was not saying, you know, anything, um, he wasn't coming out and telling the, you know, the media that he was upset. So, uh, for Gasol to come out and do that, I'm, I'm sort of uh, disappointed, um, especially when you think about, you know, Powell. We had Powell for so many years, and Powell probably got the most shit out of any great Laker I can remember. He got shit for, you know, getting dunked on by, you know, Blake Griffin. He got shit <laughs> for being too weak in the block. He got shit for, you know, not being aggressive enough. But he always, he was always the stand up guy, and he, sort of kept it to himself. He, yeah. um, he came out the next game and, uh, you know, yeah. played really well. And the only time yeah. people, you know, spoke out was when Kobe came to, to his, uh, his rescue. And so Gasol just needs to, you know, play, he's coming back from an injury. He needs to 
earn that spot again because he plays for the Lakers. It's not, you know, he's not playing for for Memphis. He's not playing for, you know, some, you know, crappy team in, you know, in the, in the East Coast. He plays for the Lakers, so he's got to earn it every single game. He's got to come out and play hard every single game. And if he wants to, you know, regain his minutes, he's got to earn them back. Like the reality of the situation is we've got Drummond now. We've got Harrell, who's been playing really well. And so if he's got a problem, you know, go talk to the coach behind closed doors, but do not, you know, vent that to to the media because nothing good's going to come from it. You know, he's going to get backlash. The team's going to get backlash. And like you said, it's energy we don't need. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it to a certain degree. I do feel like he has a reason to be frustrated. I mean, and, and, but, but also at the same time, like you want your players to be a little bit frustrated about the fact that, you know, they're not getting playing time. So really what we're hoping for, what I'm kind of hearing you saying is that you hope it lights a fire under his ass and he gets after it, right. That he goes harder in practice and he, whatever minutes he gets, he uses those minutes. And I thought he had a really good game against the Kings. And I thought he had a, you know, looking to the, the, you know, the, the game from earlier today against the Clippers. I thought he had a pretty good game against the Clippers. I mean, not a lot of great things to talk about against, you know, our game against the Clippers. We did lose uh, 104 to 86. Uh, but I thought Gasol did pretty good. You know, he shot three for three for the three point line. I um, think he had like 11 points. Um, so, you know, I thought that was better than what we've been seeing from him recently. You know, good Kings game, good Clippers game for Gasol, uh, but not much else good uh, about this Clippers game, man. Uh, just it's like was the complete opposite of the Kings game. And that makes sense, though, because the Clippers are a much better team than the Kings. So we expected a loss. I mean, at least I expected a loss. I think you did as well. You know, the Clippers being like a much better team right now. And we were depleted. AD still out, Bron still out, Drum is still out, and then we didn't have Wesley Matthews as well today. So roster completely depleted, and uh, we just didn't make any shots, man. We didn't make any shots. Uh, 30% from three, 40% just from the field. Only 38 first-half points and 86 points total. So that just kind of shows you um, just the offense was not there tonight. Um, and the Clippers, man, yeah, they just came out really, really hard. Um, our defense was still okay because we only gave up 104 points, but the Clippers just really brought a defensive intensity that um, just with the lack of ball handlers and the lack of just um, talented offensive players and just some top offensive players, it's just our offense couldn't handle it, man. And so it's just, uh, I think it's one of those games where you just say, you know what, it is what it is and let's move forward. But, you know, one of my cons- one of my concerns about these next, you know, 10 games looking forward, this just tough stretch of schedules before Braun and AD returns, is if we want to win some games, we got to really figure out this offensive struggle. Um, we got to um, find a way to just hit shots more consistently, get better shots, and find a way to get some playmaking, man. Um, I know we, uh, you and I are not uh, big fans on Dennis Schroeder, but... Uh, big fans of their short, but a lot just meant a lot is is put on him to create for himself and create for others. Um, they try to give the ball to uh, Caruso, and you know that's not just his, that's not his game. He's not a ball creator. He's uh, he's not a ball handler. He's not a creator for himself or others. Maybe a secondary creator, uh, but he's primarily a cutter. Tht just not ready for that role either. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, Clippers. I, I know you love the Clippers, so you're probably really happy about them uh, giving the Lakers the work. Oh man, I mean, again, like you said, uh, it, it was expected. Um, you know, they're full, full strength for the uh, for the I mean, they're full strength. Um, and, and you know, it, for them, if they don't come out, and they don't win. They don't come out, and they don't shut down. You know, this Lakers lineup, then then it's a bad game for them. Uh, and they came out and you know did exactly what they uh, 
what they needed to do. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it, it sucks because this season, like watching the Lakers without LeBron and without AD, it's, it's like a complete, you know, it's like a flashback to 2015, 2016. And it sucks. Like it's no fun to watch, you know, guys just get worked. Um, and you know, the, the bigger deal is that it just seems like these guys forget how to play without, you know, AD and LeBron and, it shouldn't yeah. be that way. You know, they should, you know, have it figured out at least, you know, the roles that they play in, they need to yeah. shoot better. You know, Kuzma can't be going two for 10 Schroeder. If he wants that big contract and if he wants to, you know, make comments on, you know, I think it was Instagram, then he can't come out and shoot three for 12, like, well, you know, over three from three point land, like you cannot do that. You know, if you want to be a star, you want to get paid the big bucks, then you've got to play, you know, good, even in your bad games. And uh, that's maybe yeah. something that we, we got accustomed to with Kobe who, you know, even in the 20 point loss, he came out and shot, you know, you know, 12 of uh, 19 and, you know, scored 36 points. Uh, guys just don't do that. And it's, it's kind of uh it's upsetting and it's concerning, you know, you've got to step up uh, maybe with the exception of uh Harold who came out and, you know, played well, 19 yeah. points, seven or 12, but the other guys have to step up in good yeah. and in bad games. Yeah, I thought like you said, man. Harold Harold played well. Tht played well. Um, Gasol looked, you know, better than what he's been looking. You know, getting in shape. But um, yeah, man, it's a nail. It's a loss. Uh, we hate the Clippers, um, and so it, it sucks to lose to them. But they'll probably be uh, throwing a parade about this win and uh, you know, uh, partying like they won a championship because that's what they do, dog. They they celebrate regular season wins and they celebrate, you know, uh, division championships and hang banners for weak shit like that. Um, but whatever Easter, Easter day champions, <laughs> Easter day champions. There you go, man. Get a trophy, blue ribbon, whatever. We'll keep pushing, man. But looking forward to the, um, just looking uh, ahead to the rest of the schedule. We got Toronto on Tuesday. We got the heat on Thursday and I believe we have the nets on Saturday. Um, yeah, three, uh, I mean, the Raptors always played hard, man. The Raptors always play hard, even if their record doesn't show it. Nick Nurse is a great coach, and those guys always come in ball. Um, the Heat, I mean, the Heat are trying to uh, make a push to improve their playoff standing. And then Brooklyn, I mean, no matter who's playing for them, uh, if KD's out or Kyrie's out, uh, James Harden just has those those guys playing great. So it's tough, man. I think uh, hopefully we can sneak one win here. Hopefully we can get the Raptors. I don't think we'll get. Uh, I don't think we'll get the Heat, and I don't think we'll beat uh, the Nets. So hopefully we can get one more win here. That that would be great, man. How are you feeling about these next three games? You know what? If you know, truth be told, I think uh, if you know they go out and they play like they wanted, I think we can take. Uh, you know, Charlotte. I think we can. You know, take the Knicks. Um, they haven't been playing all that well lately. You know, five of uh, five of five in uh, their last ten. Um, so if we can take those two games and, you know, let's do it because after that, it does not get easy at all. Yeah. Um, Utah, Utah, Dallas, Dallas. I cannot see them winning one of those games. Um, yeah. So it's going to be, you know, right. You know, the, again, the sad part is that they're all going to be on national television and it's like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to like watch those days just yeah. because I know what's, you know, what's going to happen and that's unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I, as long as they come out, they play hard and, you know, they play like they want to win with the, you know, sense of yeah. urgency. That's yeah. all, all I can ask for. 
Yeah, man, these next 10 games um, that they have, cause I, and I keep saying 10 games, or, you know, in our last pod, last pod, I talked about the next 12 games. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the next 10 games now is because I do think around like that April 24th, 25th mark, I think AD will be returning. Um, they just released a report. Uh, Vogel said he's um, progressing, but he's still a ways away. And so I just don't think he's going to come back next week. I do think late April will be around the time he returns because the Lakers are just playing it super cautious. And so for the Lakers, these uh, next 10 games is about uh, integrating Andre Drummond whenever he comes back from his busted big toe. Uh, so integrating him, getting him comfortable with the schemes and whatnot. And like you said, man, just try to steal a win or two um, and just uh, improve that record and try not to slide too far back and just get ready for when Bron and AD return. Because when they come back, man, we we got to get going. We got to get ramping up. We got to get going. We got to just let everybody know what's up, man, because when we were healthy, we were the best team in the league. If everyone was talking about how nobody could touch us, and I'd still feel confident about that, you know, uh, when we get Bron back, when we get AD back, when we get Drummond integrated, everyone's healthy, everyone's going. I just I, – nobody wants to see us in the playoffs, man. So – um, yeah, I just, we can't slide too, too far back in a standing. So got to get some wins here. Got to get some wins tonight. And I will say this, uh, I kind of wanted Drummond to play today. Um, I know he's got, you know, the busted big toe, but you know, wrap it up, get out there. Uh, we've all played injured at some point, even if it you know, wasn't for the NBA, we've all played injured and a big toe is not one of the, you know, it's not the worst thing. It's something that, uh, you know, you could play through, especially with all the adrenaline. It's not something that's going to get worse or it's going to, you know, it's, it's not an Achilles or like a, you know, tight, uh, you know, calf muscle or something. It, it's a toe and it's a bruise, like wrap it up, get back out there. And I'm not saying it's, you know, Drummond's decision. It was probably, you know, the, the, the medical staff and the other uh, coaching staff, but that's, that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see that sort of, you know, that Lakers toughness, that Kobe toughness. Um, I think uh, when you have a guy, you know, that does that on a team, it, it you know, other guys see it and it sort of, it's contagious. Um, it rubs up, rubs up, off on them. Um, and so you get guys that, you know, play through, uh, through, through adversity. And uh, that's the kind of mental toughness I want to see. And, I wanted to see him come out today. It didn't happen. Uh, it, it's all right. Uh, you know, we'll move forward, but he better come out next game and, you know, put in the work. Yep. Yep. All right, Jan, that'll do it for our second episode uh, covering your Los Angeles Dodgers and their series against the Rockies and your Los Angeles Lakers in their last two games against the Kings and the Clippers. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. We will be posting them on uh, Twitter and you can also uh, follow and subscribe on Spotify. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners and we'll catch y'all next time. <laughs>